coming up on episode 349 of the YLP podcast. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm, lend me your ears for just a moment if I could be serious for a minute. It is one of the best weekends of the calendar year. Dare I say the biggest weekend of the calendar year. Why, you may ask? Well, three separate shows are going down. Well, I'm sure there's a lot more than that. But three big shows are going down this weekend. I'm talking about Clash at the Castle. I'm talking about Worlds Collide. I'm talking about All Out. It is the Labor Day weekend extravaganza here in the YLP realm, y'all. And I couldn't find a better way to celebrate the last weekend of the summer. I'm from Jersey. It'd be like that sometimes. Then, doing a full-on all-out preview and prediction show for all three shows. But don't think for one second I didn't come with the news of the week. But we're just going to do it in a little bit of a different format for today's episode. So, um, yeah, I want to make sure that you got yourself uh, dressed to the nines, looking good, feeling good, pre-gamed, got your shit together, feeling right. You got the Uber because we ain't driving to we ain't driving to the spot this time around. We're going to be taken to the spot and enjoy ourselves with a couple wonderful beverages, some good food, good friends, good times. And um, yeah, it is going to be that kind of party, y'all. I mean, I am very excited to be doing this episode for you guys this week because it is one of two episodes that I'm very, very excited about leading up to the semi-sept centennial special going down next week. But right now, business needs to be taken care of. And that business means we're going to have ourselves a little bit of a party, all right? In terms of the news, though, I got a little bit of news. We're going to be talking about an opinion piece from New York Post saying that AEW can ill afford a lackluster all out with the honeymoon period over. We're going to be talking about that. I'm going to be giving you my thoughts when we discuss all out. I got news on Velveteen Dream being arrested twice in a span of seven freaking days. Okay, we're going to be discussing that big news coming out of there. Also, apparently going around, Braun Strowman is supposed to be coming back. We'll be discussing all of that and more on this week's episode, that being episode 349 of the YLP Podcast. And I got to make sure we end this opening segment correctly. So um, let me get myself right. This is episode 349 of the YLP Podcast. Let's hit that intro. Let's get it started. Get me a drink, bartender, because I'm going to need a couple for this one. And with that being said, let us begin. Zach from the Wrestling With Issues Podcast here, and welcome to episode 349 of the YLP Podcast. So glad to have you guys here with me on this Labor Day weekend, and I hope you're enjoying your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are, in the world! 
Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. And as always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. It is Saturday, September 3rd, 2022. Hope you guys had a fantastic last weekend, had a good week. Hope it was productive, kick ass, and all things in between. If we not did not have the best week, that's all right. We have the weekend to get ourselves together. And given the fact that it is Labor Day weekend, depending on where you work, it is an extended weekend. You can get it all together, de- you know, decompress, get it all together. We can get into the next week with proper ass whooping abilities. Anyway, y'all, hope you guys had a fantastic week. Hope it was good to you. All that, all that good stuff in between. But yes, as a Jersey boy. Labor Day weekend is usually, well, for me, mostly as a youngin, uh, as a young lion, a young cub, if you will, um, Labor Day weekend always usually meant the end of summer and the beginning of school. I, uh, and I always dreaded the last weekend of summer, but as I got older, I thoroughly enjoyed it because not only was it the last weekend of the summer, but it was also the last weekend to actually enjoy ourselves, turn up all that good stuff in between and i hope that's what you're doing but make sure you do it responsibly and i'll talk about that at the end of today's episode okay um but yes labor day weekend it is a very very uh nice weekend you know and brings back solid memories um you know getting that doing everything you can in four days time before you have to actually realize oh shit well it's september now and all that good stuff And as Green Day once said, wake me up when September ends. Um, (laughs) But seriously, Labor Day weekend is a big weekend. Um, Like I said, I'm from Jersey. So back home, back east, usually is a big deal, especially on uh, where I lived in the Jersey Shore. And shout out to all my Jersey Shore folk um, out there getting ready to enjoy their weekend. Probably traveling down the Garden State Parkway as we speak. Traffic is probably hellacious out there. And I ain't giving y'all no traffic reports, nor am I even going to look up the traffic because, um, yeah, I, I don't do that. And this ain't that type of show. But, yes, um, if you are traveling down to the Jersey Shore this weekend, stay safe. Um, don't be acting stupid on the GSP. I promise you it will not end well for you. Um, and that's why I, usually today, today being Friday here in the YLP realm as I'm recording this, but uh, we are in Saturday mode, so uh, relax. But um, <laughs> but usually Friday would be the day everybody mostly would be traveling down the Garden State Parkway. Parkway South usually is going to be fucked, depending on where you go, of course. Uh, most people might be going to Atlantic City, going to Wildwood. Where I'm from, uh, where I live in Tom's River, uh, is a bit of a drive in and of itself. Some people will go to Seaside. Well, some people might not go to Seaside because it ain't like what it used to be uh, when I was uh, a younger me. Uh, back in the day, but I'm sure people were going to AC, Seaside, um, going down towards Long Branch uh, and all that stuff because I'm from the uh, Monmouth Ocean County area, the Monarch region of New Jersey, if you will. So I know the traffic is going to be hellacious. So get there early, be safe. And uh, we'll talk about more about that uh, later on in today's episode. But as promised, we are doing a big first here. It is the first time in the YLP podcast history that we are doing a full-on preview and prediction show. Because um, some some people might be thinking, you know. Oh, no, we got to play that one again. Hold on. You know. Because some people might be thinking, Mr. YLP. Well, not him. You know, for doing this type of show, for doing three separate preview and prediction shows. But I'm doing it. We're doing it big today. And, um... You know, this is a this is a very big this, this is gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun for us because of the fact that 
We're just doing full-on predictions with a sprinkling of news uh, in between. So it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be a good time. We're gonna have a good time with this one. And I'm just pulling up, you know, uh, a nice little game show theme song that I know is very, very, uh, very particular to most of you who uh, checked out the preview and prediction shows um, here on the YLP podcast. So some of these will, uh, one of these will sound familiar. The other two, not so much. But yes, I'm doing full on game show themed songs as we're going to be doing this this whole ditty here but that doesn't mean we don't have any news going on but the way i'm going to do it this week is that we're going to be doing the preview and predictions but we're also going to be doing depending on what we're talking about a little bit of news sprinkled in throughout the particular segment so that's what we're going to be doing today and um Besides the fact that, you know, y'all didn't come here to listen to me ramble about, you know, Jersey Shore shit. Uh, y'all came here for what um, what y'all came here for, what y'all paid for, is the news of the week and preview and predictions. So I'm going to take a sip of my coffee real quick, my cold brew that Miss YLP lovingly made me this time around. And uh, dare I say, this is probably her best batch yet. She put in a little bit of the uh, vanilla creme brulee grounded uh Ground coffee mixed in with the regular Columbia coffee where we get at Trader Joe's, and it is quite divine. So I'm going to sip this real quick and get myself together. Mm. Mm -mm -mm. So delicious. Not nutritious by any means, I promise you. But again, let us begin the Labor Day weekend extravaganza. We're going to head over to Cardiff to start off this one. Probably, I would dare say, the most anticipated pay-per-view for WWE in quite some time. Not because, you know, it's, it's Clash, at the Castle, Clash at the Castle, and it is the first time they're doing a United Kingdom pay-per-view in three decades. That's the, that's the big part. And when we reported this a while back, and we heard the news that they were actually going to be going over to the UK, I was more than excited um, to see how this would play out because of the fact that it is the first pay-per-view in the United Kingdom in over 30 years. Um, but also the, like, but now that Vince McMahon has hit the fucking bricks and it just sent himself into, uh, the, the juju. Well, not the juju we cool with the bad juju portion of the program. He is pretty much gone. He is pretty much in a black hole juju. He put himself there. That's his, that's on him. He got to deal with that. Excuse me. But ever since Vince McMahon has left, Anticipation since for this pay-per-view has gone quite fucking high. Okay? Very, very high. It's a very highly anticipated pay-per-view because of the fact that a lot of people are... Some people are siding with Drew. Some people are siding with Reigns. There's a lot of news coming into it about possibly Bray Wyatt coming back. All this shit. Tyson Fury is supposed to be showing up apparently, reportedly. There's a lot of hype surrounding this pay-per-view and mostly around... Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. The card itself is a very, very simplistic card. You feel me? Six matches on the docket. You feel me? Six matches on a card? Most, I mean, when I mean, you look it all out, it's got 14 on this bitch. And as far as we know, with uh, Worlds Collide, it's going to be five. So, it's going to be quite interesting to see. And, 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 and here's the thing with that, too, is that it's gonna they're going to do the one thing Triple H has done is that letting matches elongate a little bit. I know that's a big word. Good Scrabble word, though. I promise you many, many points if you do it right. But, um, you know, what we've seen from Triple H since SummerSlam, and we've got an entire month of it, has been very positive across the board. 
Um, the only down, the only you know, the only negative that we have going into it so far, well, two, and I'll talk about that in just a second, um, was Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez becoming the women's tag team champions. Um, that was, you know, I saw that on social media and a lot of people kind of weren't feeling that, but I can explain that, you know, very, very simply. Um, they're not going to allow Dakota Kai and Neosuka to drop the titles to fucking Naomi and Sasha Banks when they come back. Okay. This is just a setup. Just a setup. Okay. It's just everything's setting up perfectly. As far as we know in the news, Sasha Banks, Naomi, they're coming back soon. That's all I know. Okay. We just got to chill. We got to relax. We got to be patient. And we're going to be okay. But one bit of news that kind of, you know, kind of perturbed me a little bit was the news of Braun Strowman set to make his WWE return. But let's go over to WrestleTalk.com real quick and discuss this uh, little bit of article real quick. This is actually from uh, Taylor Sanchez. Former Universal Champion Braun Strowman is set to return to WWE according to PW Insider. The report noted that multiple WWE sources have confirmed that Strowman is scheduled to be at Monday's WWE Raw taping in Kansas City on September 5th. It had been recently reported that Strowman was among names pitched or discussed for a return to the company following Triple H taking over WWE creative after Vince McMahon's retirement and departure. Strowman was always presented as a dominant monster during his time on the main roster, holding the Universal, Intercontinental, and Raw Tag Team titles during his time at the company. He also won the 2018 Money in the Bank ladder match, 2019 Andre the Giant Battle Royal, and the 50-man Greatest Royal Rumble match that took place at the 2018 Saudi Arabia event. The Monster Among Men was released from his contract in 20, June 2021. Following his departure, Strowman launched the Control Your Narrative promotion with former EC, WWE star EC3. Uh, this is why I think this is bullshit, and this is why I don't... Here's why I don't give a shit about Braun Strowman coming back. I never, honestly... The way they booked him was trash, and everything about it... Everything about Braun Strowman returning... Returning makes no fucking sense to me whatsoever. Honestly, WWE can easily do well without Braun Strowman. They can. They they should and they probably won't. But they don't need. They don't need Braun Strowman to return. Feel me? They don't need Braun. They honestly, I don't think WWE needs Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman needs WWE because whatever to control your narrative shit's going on apparently is not working the fuck out. On top of that, Karrion Cross is now back in WWE, and he was one of the uh, main pieces for Control Your Narrative. And also, what the fuck do we need Braun Strowman for? What do we need him for? Honestly, what do we need Braun Strowman for? Nothing. We don't need him for anything. I promise you we don't. There's nothing that Braun Strowman, like the appeal of Braun Strowman makes no fucking sense to me. Unless they book him this this go around to be a truly dominant monster and not fucking doing shit with you know a, a little eleven year old ass motherfucker winning the Raw Tag Team Championships with a ten year old kid at the time, if we're doing that, don't bring him back. I'm being serious. I mean, I understand Braun Strowman, you know, being a monster heel and all this shit. Like they can they can make it work, but honestly, I don't think they need him. I don't think they need Braun Strowman. I really don't think they need Braun Strowman back in WWE. They really don't. What's the point? What is what is the point when you have all this talent 
that you have in your company right now. The one person y'all thought in the meeting, oh, we really need to get Braun Strowman back. Fuck that. There's no need for Braun Strowman to return to WWE, but they're going to do it. They're going to do it anyway. And hello, Mr. YLP Jr. Hi, Dad. I was just standing outside with, with my brother, Trogdor. Ah, yes, yes. We are actually uh, dog-sitting for uh, about uh, a little over 10 days. Uh, we're doing, uh, we're babysitting, we're dog-sitting his li uh, little big brother, Trogdor. Um, yes, uh, yes, I know you're excited. I know you're excited, Mela. Yeah, I'm very excited. My brother's here. You're here. I'm here. I'm going to go lay down. I'm kind of tired. It was hot outside. <laughs> he was, yeah, Mr. Wild P. Jr. was actually chanting his floof uh, out on the deck there. So he's going to be chilling here for a little bit. And um, that is your weekly appearance from uh, Mr. Milo. I'm still here, dude. Oh, hey. <laughs> All right, just give me one moment while I close this door and get myself situated. All right, there we go. Get myself situated back at the chair here at my desk. Okay, but seriously, I'm, I'm just going to say it like this. Braun Strowman, honestly, isn't needed in WWE with, with where I think WWE is going to go. Unless they book him to be a proper dominant monster, don't bring him back. Presentation matters to me. And the way that he was presented in WWE was quite shit. But the way the, the, way the landscape is now in WWE, I don't think Braun Strowman is needed. I really don't think Braun Strowman is needed in this point. You know, if they bring him back, hooray, hooray. But honestly, like, with the with what they have on the roster, with who they have on the roster, with what they're going to do with the roster, hopefully going forward, Braun Strowman just seems like a person that might get lost in the shuffle. And it's possible. It's very possible that he gets lost in the shuffle. Um, but as far as, it, as far as I see it, I mean, there's no need for... I, I I don't see the need for a Braun Strowman to return to WWE. But it all depends on... I guess it all depends on how they're going to, you know, present him now without Vince holding, you know, the roster back and not doing their job properly and presenting talent. Okay? So, as far as the way I see it personally, Braun Strowman isn't needed. I don't think they need Braun Strowman back in WWE. They, I don't. I just honestly don't. You left... You doing control your narrative? You can stay your ass over there. You can stay your ass there with EC3. As far as it goes for me, I just don't. I just don't see what the point is in bringing him back. You know what I'm saying? Feel me? So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll just leave it at that. Okay. Um, I have a second bit of news before we get into this particular uh, prediction portion of the program. Um, Elver at WokeCulture.com, what USA Network thinks of Triple H's big WWE changes? This is from uh, Andy Murray. At least one of WWE Television's network partners is happy with the promotion's changes following Vince McMahon's resignation as chairman and CEO. Fightful Select reports that USA Network, which airs Raw every Monday, is happy with WWE's alterations and the impressive ratings that they have helped produce. The red brand hit a two-year high earlier this month, pulling in a total of 2.23 million viewers for its August 1st episode, the first show fully penned by new head of creative Paul Triple H Levesque. Since then, Raw has hit two-plus viewerships, 
has hit uh, P2 Plus viewerships of over 2 million viewers in two of the last three weeks. Fightful cites a USA Network Universal source who stated that Raw's current numbers are in line with original expectations. The pandemic was acknowledged as a holdup, however, with the source stating they never envisioned a scenario with Raw would regularly drop beneath 2 million viewers out with holidays. Because it was garbage! They considered the uh, August 1st figures exciting, describing follow-up shows as the real test, having not expected Raw to climb beyond the 2 million mark regularly again. Another source, who doesn't keep up with wrestling, said the buzz surrounding Raw has become inarguable. With regards to the changes WWE has made to its shows and content, one source stated that Raw had moved closer to becoming appointment viewing. The show feels more natural, they said, and has generated more internal discussion than since more, more internal discussion than since the WWE since the USA WWE rights deal kicked in. WWE's relationship with USA was described as easygoing and business as usual. Internally, people are happy with the creative changes implemented by Levesque, and would be surprised if USA didn't make a play to renew WWE content once negotiations on the set of television rights deals commence. I don't even need to say anything about this. They said it for me. They're happy with the promotion's changes. They're pulling the biggest numbers they've had in two fucking years. The buzz surrounding Raw has become inarguable. Easy going business as usual. People are happy with the creative changes. This is what we had been hoping for. Upon Triple H's arrival as the new head of the creative kingdom here in WWE. Numbers speak for themselves, do they not? Men lie, women lie, numbers don't. Do they not? Ever since Triple H took control of creative, we knew we were going to get better programming from day one. We had been... Waiting for a day where trip where Vince McMahon was not running creative anymore, where we actually got to see what we deserve to see. Will every single week be the best week of programming? No, and we recognize that. But doing very simple things, very detailed things like storyline continuity, no start and no stop start pushes. No stop-and-go storylines. No three-minute matches that make no fucking sense. And a six-man tag! And I honestly believe, had Triple H been at the helm at the time of the Cruiserweights, we're coming up to Monday Night Raw, I promise you the Cruiserweight division will be a lot better than it was. I promise you. And he proved that in NXT with the NXT Cruiserweight Championship. And made that better. Everything Vince McMahon has done, I'd say for the last decade leading up to his ultimate demise and resignation from the company, has been garbage. Garbage. Now, and I'm going to say this again, I'm usually, I've said this once before, but it bears repeating. WWE apologists cannot say shit anymore. Let me, let me, let me, let me hold this real quick. WWE apologist can't say a fucking word anymore you can't defend Vince McMahon anymore he's gone he's gone you want to be mad at what Triple H is doing fucking doesn't matter 
What matters is that when Triple H took control of creative and gave you what he gave us for the first month, it was more exciting. The used underutilized talent. They gave us longer matches so matches could breathe. We saw matches for the first time we hadn't seen ever in WWE. And expectations starting becoming higher. You, you, there's still going to be people out there who are going to criticize the form, even if the shot's perfect. But to every WWE apologist who defended Vince McMahon prior to his resignation from the company, I only have one question to ask you. How does it feel to be wrong? How does it feel to be wrong and have that be proven right in front of your fucking face? How does it feel to know you defended a company and a man who was giving you bullshit programming and simply questioned your intelligence, insulted your intelligence and still week after week after week you defended it like an idiot? How does it feel knowing you were proven wrong and in one month? Triple H did more than Vince McMahon did in the last five years. Go fuck yourself. Anyway, glad to see the USA is seeing what we see. And all good things is a good thing. And speaking of good things, it is time to talk about the preview and predictions for Clash of the Castle. I'll give you all a little bit in the beginning. Of this segment, but I'm going to kind of give you a little bit more, uh, elaborate a little bit more on how I feel about this pay-per-view. This is a very highly anticipated pay-per-view. This is a very big deal. This is a very big show. A lot of people are really anticipating certain things to happen. A lot of people are going to be looking at the Roman versus Drew match because they want a new champion. They want Drew to win in Cardiff. You know, we're seeing big time. We're seeing really big time matches. Um... You know, Riddle versus Rollins has been a very, very anticipated matchup. Gunther versus Sheamus for uh, the Intercontinental Championship uh, is, is is shaping up to be a match of the night possible candidate. Edge and Mysterio coming back together to face the Judgment Day and the possibility of Doom Dominic Mysterio screwing over. There's so much going into this. Even the SmackDown Women's Championship match with Shayna Baszler and Liv Morgan, it's anticipated because there's a lot of things that people are speculating about. You feel me? But without further ado, let us hit up the goddamn uh, theme song and let's get this cracking. Yeah, y'all know how we get down here. Six matches on the card. And as per usual, the goal is always to go 6-0 here on this portion of the program. Probably not going to happen, but we will see how it goes. Of course, as I always do, I go bottom to top on those on the joints. Let us begin. With Edge and Rey Mysterio versus the Judgment Day in a tag team matchup. Here's what here's what's gonna happen. Uh, that was the quickest I ever actually actually hit that space bar on that shit. Here's what I think is gonna happen for um Edge and Rey Mysterio versus Judgment Day. And it's a lot and it's probably one thing a lot of people are speculating and thinking is gonna happen, and I'm probably gonna be in that same boat. If you're going to make this a show, if you're going to make this a big show, if you're going to make this something worthy of my time in terms of this matchup, Judgment Day's got to win, one. 
and Dominic's got to turn on his daddy. I said it. I've been waiting for a Dominic Mysterio heel turn for almost a fucking year now. I've been waiting for this for almost a year. I think tomorrow, well, today, technically, um, today is the day. Today is the day that we just allow. Sorry, I was just going to look at some notifications. Excuse me. That we simply make the choice and allow the time to be had for Dominic to turn heel on his dad. I think this is the proper time to do it. Big, you know, big show, big deal. Not I want to say big match, but it's big in terms of the fact that the possibility of Ray, well, not Ray, Dominic turning heel on his father. We've been waiting for this for far too fucking long. It is time for Triple H to pull that trigger, turn Dominic heel, turn on his father, and have him join the Judgment Day. It is time. It is time. I honestly believe that it is time. I think it's time for Dominic Mysterio to find himself in the dark side for a little while. I'm going with Judgment Day to get the victory, and I'm also going with Dominic to turn heel on his daddy. That's gonna, and that's going to be huge. Let us go over to the Intercontinental Championship match. This is a highly anticipated match. I mean, like, there's about three or four anticipated matches that I'm looking forward to. But this one has my Dark Horse Match of the Night stamp of approval here. This is going to be an absolute banger. Grade A, 100% certified banger. Gunther versus Gunta. Versus Sheamus. Woo! I'm going to go with Gunsa to retain here. Because I think this makes the most sense to do so. Um, as much as I know Sheamus winning the Intercontinental Championship would complete his entire uh, trophy case. Um, right now with Gunsa as champion. I think right now is Gunter's best run. But Mr. YLP, you always say Walter. Well, we're in a new era now. I was saying Walter... For the purposes of Vince McMahon calling him Gunta. But, you know, Triple H is here now. I think we should embrace, you know, the newness of the WWE, shall we not? Turning over a new leaf on, on Gunta. Oh, this coffee's hitting today. Woo! But, this is going to be my Dark Horse match of the night. For sure. This has... The second we found out Sheamus was facing Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship... The entirety of my timeline was just like banger, 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 banger. This is all I thought. Gunter will retain, but Sheamus and Gunter will put on a performance that I think is worthy of the UK crowd. The UK crowd is going to go bananas for this matchup. It is highly anticipated. It is two guys who can pretty much beat the living shit out of each other for like 20 minutes. And in the end, though, I think Gunter does retain the Intercontinental Championship. I wouldn't be surprised, though, if Sheamus got the title. But I think as it stands right now, Gunter, I think, is still the hot hand for this. So I'm going to go with Gunter to retain. But would I be surprised if Sheamus took the championship and added that final piece to his trophy case? Absolutely not. As long as we get a good, a solid match out of it, either way, we all win. But I'm going with Gunter to retain the Intercontinental Championship. 
Matt Riddle. Yes, Matt Riddle. As we saw in on uh, on Monday, Matt got his first name back. Matt Riddle. You'll you love to see it. Clap, clap it up real quick. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it. You'll love to see it, y'all. And as far as reportedly know, Austin Theory is going to get his... Theory is getting an Austin back. He's going to get his first name back. He is going to be Austin Theory again. Thank you, Jesus. As far as Champa goes, I think he's going to just keep Champa for now. Although, I would love just Tommaso Champa back because it just makes sense. Um, also, would like his, you know, no one will survive uh, Blackheart gimmick back. But, you know, I'm going to wait on that one for a little while. But it is good to see Matt Riddle as Matt Riddle and not just Riddle. Uh, so stupid Vince McMahon was. Nonetheless, this match is going to be crazy too. This is going to be wild. This is this is probably these two matches alone, Gunter and Sheamus and Riddle and Rollins is going to be a absolute those are those going to be two true candidates for match of the night. When all is said and done though, I'm going to go with Riddle. I'm going with Matt Riddle to take this. I think honestly, as we all know, Rollins is a made guy in the company. We know this. We've known this for years. But I think Triple H also understands Rollins can give give one to, to Riddle here. And the big part is I'm very, very happy with the fact that they actually waited until Clash at the Castle to make this happen. They didn't rush it. They didn't rush it at all. Which is fantastic because now they built they were able to build up to this matchup. And what we saw this past Monday, woo! They 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 was they they brought woo, woo they was bringing up everything they brought up you know Riddle's ex wife and kids and shit like woo we was we was throwing shade people not only throwing shade we were getting realism realism in WWE when was the last time you saw some good realism in WWE until this Monday Rollins brought up man's kids and ex wife. Now, 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 to be fair, Riddle, Riddle okayed it, okay? We're, we're not just going to say shit, you know, and, and just get away with it. No, it's going to be approved by Riddle, too. Riddle's going to be either okay or nah. And then, uh, you know, Riddle brought up, um, you know, Becky Lynch is the real man in the relationship. So it was a good little, little jabs back and forth, but I'm going to go with Riddle. I think Riddle needs this. I think Riddle is a mid-carder. Just waiting to get into the upper mid-card main event scene. Feel me? And honestly, I could see him somewhere down the line. Not probably in 2022, maybe 2023, 2024. Gunning for a WWE championship. Gunning for that top title. Feel me? And it's gonna be and it's gonna be huge when he does that. But I can see Matt Riddle having a breakout performance. The likes of when I saw him face Volter back in progress for the Atlas Championship. Some of y'all may not know about that. But that's actually a retired belt. But if you check out Riddle versus Volter back in progress wrestling, I hope that's the Riddle I see today. That's uh, that's who I hope to see today. Is that Riddle. That I'm pissed off. I'm going to beat your ass in front of your wife. And then uh, talk shit while doing it. I want to see that riddle. I need that riddle. I'm going with Riddle to beat Rollins. And honestly, Rollins doesn't need this victory. He really doesn't. Rollins will be just fine with an L. You know what I'm saying? Riddle needs this a lot more than Rollins does. 
And Riddle's going to take that victory. So I'm going with Matt Riddle. As we head into the six-woman tag team match. Excuse me. Bianca Belair, Alexa Bliss, and Asuka versus Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Sky. Now, personally, I was quite perturbed and upset that uh, Sky and Kai did not take the Women's Tag Team Championships this past Monday, but I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. I know why they did it. I know why they did it. For the simple fact that if and well, when, technically, Sasha Banks and Naomi return, they're not going to be... They're not going to be, you know... I don't think it would make any sense for them to take the championships off of Sky and Kai, you feel me? They'd be better off taking those championships away from Aaliyah and Raquel at Extreme Rules or something like that. And then we build up to Sky Sky and Kai versus Naomi and Sasha Banks somewhere down the line. Because without Sasha Banks and Naomi, the, the division seems a kind of little, kind of a bit lost. You feel me? Like your foundational pieces, Sky and Kai and Naomi and Sasha, those are your foundational pieces. You build around those two teams, and hopefully one day, Savage, please bless me with just ending the NXT Women's Tag Team Championships, please, Lord. One day, just end it and just make it the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships to exp- expand across all three brands. In Savage name, we pray. Amen. But that's why I think it makes sense that Aaliyah and Raquel Rodriguez became the champions because it wouldn't make any sense for them to have Kai and Sky and Naomi and Sasha Banks so soon. Feel me? Gotta build that up a little bit. So, calm it down. I saw your timeline. I saw your Twitters. Y'all was mad. But you gotta understand, this is for a longer term thing. Relax. We're gonna be okay. As far as this match goes, there's only one, honestly, this is how I see it playing out. Bailey, Dakota Sky, Dakota Kai, and Eo Sky need this victory to establish themselves as a very big draw within WWE. And this is how I this is how I honestly understand it and see it. Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Sky are gonna win this matchup. I'm going with them to win. Belair um, is the Raw Women's Champion. I don't think she'll get pinned. It wouldn't be it wouldn't make sense for her to get pinned unless Bailey's the one doing it. And you have Bailey challenging for the Raw Women's Championship somewhere down the line. I think that's what we're kind of like leaning towards to. And they're making it more simplistic and feeling that way. As far as it goes, somewhere down, I mean, at some point, I think Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Eoskai are going to hold the Women's Tag Team Championships and the Raw Women's Championship at some point. At some point. When? We don't know. But right now, let's make sure we get Bailey, Kai, and Sky the victory. This is going to be a good match. This is like six of the very best that Raw has to offer. And the depth they have in that women's division right now makes this even better. I think this match is a very good... This is a good matchup. I think since this was announced, I think there was anticipation for it. And it's just going to be good to see Bailey back in the ring in a pay-per-view. Um, besides SummerSlam. But actually physically in ring competing at a pay-per-view. And I think the UK crowd is going to go bonkers for Bailey, like they always do. This is going to be a good matchup. Expect a good matchup out of this, but I'm going with Bailey, Dakota Kai, and Io Sky to get the victory today. 
We have the SmackDown Women's Championship. And this one's kind of thrown... These last two matches have thrown me through a loop as of late. Given the fact that Liv Morgan um, had the uh, kayfabe um, arm injury after uh, Ronda Rousey pretty much sprained her arm with the arm bar following the uh, SmackDown Women's Championship match at SummerSlam. Um, and now we know that Rousey's uh, suspension has been lifted. Um, I read spoilers. Y'all can live with that if y'all want to, but it, y'all, y'all be all right. Um, but here's here's my here's my quandary with this. Do we give Shayna Baszler the championship, or do we have Liv Morgan versus Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules? Because that's what I kind of am leaning towards right now. Given the fact that Morgan is the babyface, and I kind of think that Rousey is going to be the heel in all of this. I think Liv Morgan retaining the championship makes the most sense. I would love to see Shayna Baszler hold the championship for the first time since she was uh, NXT Women's Champion in NXT. But I think Liv Morgan's going to somehow sneak out of this with a win. And then we are then we go back to Morgan versus Rousey. Because that, that's a loose end that we need to tie, uh, tie up. Especially if we're going to be going into Survivor Series and possibly doing champion versus champion again. You know, again, you obviously you want the best matchup possible, but I think Belair Morgan is a matchup we haven't seen yet. I think Baszler as SmackDown Women's Champion would make sense, but I think right now, Liv Morgan needs to retain the championship to tie up the loose end with Ronda Rousey at Extreme Rules. So I'm going to go with Liv Morgan to retain here. She's going to barely squeak this one out. Barely squeak this one out. Um, but Shayna Baszler will be doing everything she can to d- destroy that arm. I promise you that. You have my word. But I think Morgan will fight through the pain and somehow get a victory over Baszler. I'm not going to say it's going to be Kyrie, uh, Kyrie Sane style, but don't be surprised if the finish of Baszler versus Sane is the same as Morgan versus Baszler. Keep an eye on that. I promise you. If y'all know the Baszler Sane championship match and how Sane won the championship, Y'all know exactly what I'm talking about. We now head into main event. Roman Reigns versus Drew McIntyre. Ladies and gentlemen of the YLP universe, I promise you, I'm telling y'all this. This is not even a promise. I have been racking my brain about this entire matchup since SummerSlam. An entire month has passed. An entire month has gone by. And I, for the life of me, Cannot seem to figure out which side I want to ride with. Because you got so many factors going into this matchup. You know, a lot of people are thinking Drew's going to take the championship because we're going to be in Wales, in the UK, Drew's from Scotland, all this stuff. But then you got the news of Bray Wyatt possibly returning and interfering in the matchup. Um, you know, the possibility of Drew winning the championship and Austin Theory cashing in. Um, you know, all this stuff. Karrion Cross is going to be a factor, possibly. 
in terms of, you know, this matchup. It could possibly mean that. There's so many factors into that are going into this very big matchup. You know what I mean? And also... The anticipation for Broken Dreams being played at Clash at the Castle. And I was I was uh, checking out a tweet from uh, JD from NY206. If Drew McIntyre's Broken Dreams plays, there's no way he's losing on uh, today. There's no way. So the question remains, who does Mr. YLP side with? Does he side with Drew McIntyre becoming the new undisputed WWE Universal Champion? Does he side with having a new champion? Does he side with the UK crowd? Does Mr. YLP side with having a new champion? No, hate to say it. I hate to say it, and I don't want to be that guy. I don't want to be that guy. As much as I would love to see Drew McIntyre become the new WWE Undisputed Universal Champion, I have stated this for months. I have stated this one particular statement for months. There has been no one believable enough to defeat. Roman Reigns for the Undisputed Universal WWE Universal Championship. I've stated this for months. And I know you're probably thinking, but this is the this is the perfect time. It's the perfect time for Roman to lose a championship. I will die on this fucking hill, and I don't care. I'ma die on this hill. If Drew does take the championship, then we we, we will I will have my thoughts on that. For episode 350 next week. Okay. I'm not saying Drew McIntyre isn't believable enough. I'm not saying that because they've actually portrayed him very well. But. There's only one other person. Personally. That's not who I think it should be. That should be the one to take Roman Reigns' titles. His name's Cody Rhodes. Cody Rhodes, personally, in my opinion, should be the man to take away, if not both, at least the WWE Championship. 
I think Cody Rhodes is the guy. There's, I think there's just way too many variables going into this matchup that make me think Roman's going to retain in some way, shape, or form. For the Bray Wyatt deal, um, Braun Strowman may be coming back this weekend from a, a friend of mine told me. Um, I think there's just way too many variables for Roman Reigns not to take this championship and retain at Clash of the Castle. I'm going with Roman Reigns to retain. If I will, I'm going to die on this hill. Until I'm proven otherwise. Until I'm proven otherwise. Roman Reigns will remain your undisputed WWE Universal Champion. Until proven otherwise. But that, ladies and gentlemen, is going to end and conclude the uh, opening segment of episode 349 of the YLP Podcast. If you got any comments, questions, opinions, concerns about what I think about, not just to with this particular pay-per-view, but all three pay-per-views, send me a voice message over on anchor.fm slash Young Lions Perspective, anchor.fm slash Radio, over on ambiguouspodcastsolutions.com, and shout out to Terry Shook, who runs the whole APS, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Also, you can send me an email over at younglionsperspective at gmail.com and let me know what you think about my predictions and from there we'll go when we come back though i got more more predictions previewing predictions we're going to go into the nxt side of things as we're going to be previewing and predicting worlds collide and i got a lot to say about this very good things though about this also a couple of reports uh from do 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 yes we're gonna be talking about velveteen dream being arrested Yes, we're going to be talking about that. That is a big news coming out of this week, as well as the next premium live event planned for NXT. All that on the other side of episode 349 of the YLP podcast. We'll be right back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with episode 349 of the YLP podcast. Still talking about all the fun things that are going down this weekend with the Labor Day weekend extravaganza. And we need to get right into NXT Worlds Collide. I'm not going to pretty much say too much about it because it is basically like an all-star game for... NXT and then and this is basically NXT UK's last show and they're going out with a hell of a last hurrah if we're being um honest with ourselves and each other and this is this is just big for you know NXT as a whole and this is going to be a good way to kind of in a sense continue to kicking off of the revival of NXT now that it's back, now that it's back under the uh, guise of Triple H, but this is gonna be a fun one. This is gonna be a fun show. This is gonna be a good time for all, and uh, I honestly believe that this is gonna be a lot more interesting than people believe and perceive it. So that, that's the biggest thing coming out of it is just that it's it's NXT UK's last hurrah, but. They're going to make one hell of a last hurrah. And the card is actually pretty solid. 
I mean, we got a, you know, the unification of the NXT and NXT UK Tag uh, Kingdom Championships between uh, Braun Breaker and Tyler Bate. The triple threat uh, match for the NXT Unify the Women's Championships are pretty interesting too, with Mako Satomura, Mandy Rose, and Blair Davenport. Excuse me. And this is kind of like the big one. This is kind of, you know, a very big card. Carmelo Hayes and Ricochet is going to be a standout match, especially for Hayes as uh, the NXT North American Champion. The Fatal 4-Way Tag Elimination Match to unify the uh, tag titles is pretty solid, too. Um, this this card up and down looks pretty solid uh, for NXT. And I think uh, going into the future is going to be huge as well. Given the fact that now, uh, yes, we are getting back Halloween Havoc. I'm not going to go reading into the article uh, too much um, because... It, it's my show. But, you know, so NXT... Halloween Havoc is going to be going down on Saturday, October 22nd. And it's going to be, I'm just excited for the fact that they're bringing back Halloween Havoc. I mean, Halloween Havoc, for the most part, has been a decent show for NXT uh, the last couple of years. And with Mandy Rhodes becoming the uh, new NXT Women's Champion around that time, Imperium beating MSK last year to become the NXT Tag Team Champions. There's a lot with this. And I'm excited that they're bringing it back. It's a really good show. And I think it's one of those NXT uh, takeover specials, quote unquote, if you will, that really gets people hyped up. And I think now under the guys of Triple H again, Halloween Havoc is going to be awesome. It's going to be a good time. And uh, maybe a Dexter Loomis uh, picture making signing. I don't know. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? We shall see. But the other thing involving, of course, NXT was Velveteen Dream being arrested. Um, apparently was arrested twice since August 20th. I'm not going to say too much about this because, you know, especially with everything that's gone on with him uh, back in 2020 with the uh, sending of sexually explicit photos to underage children. And then now being arrested for uh, battery and trespassing charges and uh, then getting arrested for drug paraphernalia. Velveteen Dream will never step foot in WWE ever the fuck again. Let's make that clear. And um, I don't want him to, especially after this. There's no reason for him to show back up. He is a hell of a talent. Let's not get that twisted. Let's not get that one thing twisted, but also on top of that, you know, there is no reason for any part of Velveteen Dream showing up to ever happen again. And I saw the post on his Instagram talking about, you know, he would, he wanted to come back to WWE and all that. And the possibility that at that point was maybe was maybe just a maybe. Now it's a definitive, yeah, nope. I don't think many promotions will go anywhere near him, if ever again. Patrick Clark's career is pretty much dead to rights. And that's all I'm pretty much going to say about that, because I don't want to, you know, get into a expletive laden rant so instead of that we are going to get right into the world's collide predictions portion of this program 
Yeah, little match game. Little match game action. Yeah. I'm a big game show uh, fanatic, for those of you that didn't know. Fun fact, I love old game shows. But, let's get into the game show. That is Worlds Collide. Let's get this poppin'. Five matches on the card this go around. Let's start off with the North American Championship on the line. Carmelo Hayes versus Ricochet. I'm, I'm, of course, I'm, I'm going with Carmelo Hayes to retain here. Ricochet honestly doesn't need the championship. It, he's just there to put on a solid match. And I think this is my uh, candidate for Dark Horse for a uh, match of the night here. This is going to be an absolute wonderful, wonderful matchup. This better open the card. This is your kickoff match right here. This is your we're going to get the crowd hot match. These two are going to put on a show. Carmelo Hayes in the end, though, is going to hit that fadeaway and retain the NXT North American Championship. But man, this is a hell of a matchup. And one that, that I don't think many of us were thinking it was going to happen, but it is going to happen, and I'm quite excited about that very, very much. But I'm going with Carmelo Hayes to retain the NXT North American Championship. The Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Elimination Match to unify the NXT and NXT UK Tag Team Championships. The Creed Brothers defending their championships against Brooks and uh, Brooks Jensen and uh, Joss Briggs, the current reigning and defending NXT UK Tag Team Championships versus Gallus versus Pretty Deadly. No need to do any uh, process of elimination, uh, John, here. I'm going with Gallus. I'm going with Mark Coffey and Wolfgang to unite the NXT and NXT UK Tag Team Championships. I think it's just pointing right at Gallus to become the new champions. I think it, it's just right there for the taking. And to be brutally honest, uh, Joe Coffey is going to become a contender for the NXT Championship somewhere down the line. With the ending of NXT UK and the uh, beginning of NXT Europe in 2023, I think it is a perfect time in NXT to bring in a new stable. Uh, given the fact that Legado for Del Fantasma is pretty much throwing deuces up and uh, probably going to uh, the main roster. And as I said, hope I mean Raw would be a great landing place for them. But if they go to SmackDown, holy shit. But Gallus, for me, is just that stable. Is it? We need a new stable, on at least on the men's side, in NXT. And Gallus can become that group. And become a hell of a threat for whoever comes out of Worlds Collide with the NXT Championship immediately. And I think the best way to start that off of Gallus' reign in NXT should be Mark Coffey and Wolfgang unifying the Tag Team Championships and going into a a new era of Gallus. And, uh, and just remember, it's their kingdom. Okay? Going into the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, Katana Chance and Caden Carter versus Piper Niven. We don't say dewdrop around her. And Nikki A.S.H., also known as Nikki Cross. I'll make one prediction, and I hope Nikki Cross returns to WWE as a whole. I think Nikki A.S.H. as a gimmick is terrible. Um, I know it's hers, and she brought up the idea, but I think we need Nikki Cross back in NXT. And... That would be, this show would be a perfect time to bring Nikki Cross back and have her as heel Nikki again, because that is just a wild time and it's a fun time. And it's a character uh, when it was Insanity, that was just a standout for at least for me. And she proved herself in her last woman standing match against Asuka. I think Nikki Cross should make her return. 
but they are not going to be going home with the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. I'm giving that to, uh, to Chance and Carter to retain. And hopefully, somewhere down the line, they start building the Women's Tag Team division in NXT again and give, them a little, give it a little more oomph. You know what I'm saying? Just got to work on it a little bit. But I'm going with Chance and Carter to retain the Women's Tag Team titles. We then head into the unification of the NXT Women's and NXT UK Women's Championship. Mandy Rose, Mako Sanomura, and Blair Davenport. The match you didn't know you need until it showed up right in your face. I'm going to say one thing about Mandy Rose that I'm sure a lot of you people out there, a lot of y'all out there probably would think he would never say this out loud. And I'm going to say it. Mandy Rose going back to NXT was the best thing that ever happened for her career. I'm going to say that one more time. Mandy Rose going back to NXT was probably the best thing that could have ever happened to her career in WWE, hands down. This is not even a game. This is not even like just this is not even like, you know, me being a, me being a smart ass or anything. Mandy Rose going back to NXT was the best thing that ever happened for her career. We can acknowledge that before when she was on the main roster, she was just a pretty face. You know, just a pretty face, all style, no substance. You know what I'm saying? She was heading towards Eva Marie territory. For those of y'all who know who Eva Marie is. And her going back to NXT, her coming back as a heel, wonderful, as a proper heel, fantastic. Create, you know, joining up with uh, Dolan and Jane to join uh, to form Toxic Attraction, fantastic. Let's get that one thing straight. It's respectful and respectable. The way that Mandy has actually worked herself back into a role, and now she's a prominent figure on NXT, and I guarantee she will be shown as a prominent figure on the main roster. With that being said, though, Mako Satamura is no fucking slouch either. I mean, she is a beast. A beast. They don't call her the final boss for nothing. And for y'all, and for most of y'all on Sunday, who have never seen Mako Satamura before, you are going to be in for a treat, ladies and gentlemen of the YLP realm. Um, this is going to be fantastic. But don't forget Blair Davenport either. Blair Davenport ain't no slouch and she became the number one contender for the NXT UK Women's Championship. And now that Mandy Rose is also putting a title on the line, she's the number one contender to pretty much both. So Mako Satamura was perfectly fine with doing a triple threat. Now, the way I see it, Mandy Rose's time in NXT, I believe, is up. And that's not a bad thing now that we're under the guise of Triple H. Very, very simple. Mandy Rose is not keeping that NXT championship. And neither is Mako Satamura. I think I'm going with Blair Davenport to unify the titles. And I think it honestly makes sense. Because if we are being honest with ourselves, and I've been kind of keeping up with NXT UK a little bit, and kind of getting an idea of what's going on, I think Davenport was going to beat Satamura if NXT UK was still going. And she was going to become the new NXT UK Women's Champion. So why not just do the same thing we're going to do with Davenport and Saramora and in Mandy Rose. And now Davenport is walking out with both championships. I think it's the right thing to do. I think Davenport as a top champion is a solid move. She can go. She can talk. And I think if you're going to keep Saramora in NXT, her chasing Davenport wouldn't be a bad thing either. A Rose Davenport match wouldn't be that bad either. But I'm going to go with Blair Davenport to unify the NXT Women's and NXT UK Women's Championships. Which leads us to our main event. Braun Breaker versus Tyler Bate. 
Because I'm going to need to think on it just for a moment. Because the question is, what is the best thing for NXT right now? What is the best thing NXT can do right now? NXT UK with Tyler Bate as champion doesn't sound like a bad idea in my eyes. And the way I see it right now, Braun Breaker is almost ready to come up. I think that to be, I think that much. I really do. I really think that Tyler Bate is walking out unifying the NXT and NXT United Kingdom Championships. And I think Braun Breaker is going to be on his way up to the main roster. It's time. There's nothing wrong with Braun Breaker dropping the championship to an established veteran like Tyler Bate. There's nothing wrong with that because of the fact that I think he's ready for the main roster. I really do think that. He's held the championship for quite some time. Has faced some good talent defending those championships. A two-time NXT champion at that. So... Even with that being said, I think Braun is ready for main roster. I think they're going to give him that shot. I think he's ready for main roster. You put him on you put him on Raw. Hell, you can put him on SmackDown. That'd be great. He'd be good on either brand. But I think Braun Breaker's time in NXT is officially going to be up. I'm going with Tyler Bate to be to unify the championships and be the top guy in NXT. An established veteran in NXT, I think is the best option for NXT right now. And Tyler Bate is one of the best guys that WWE has on their roster in terms of developmental portions that can do it. He can hold down NXT UK. I think he can do it. I think he can hold NXT down for a little while. You know what I'm saying? And I think it would just work. And I think Braun Breaker is ready to come up to the main roster. I believe that much. So, Tyler Bate run goes goes to NXT, becomes their top champion. Braun Breaker then finally comes up, and we can see what he can do on the main roster. As quick as that segment was, that's going to be it for the Worlds Collide preview and predictions. I know a short segment, but we you know only five matches on the card, and it didn't take much um, to get in all of that. But this is going to be one of those shows where I think honestly. NXT and NXT UK, and I mean, this is mostly just NXT UK's last hurrah. And before I end this segment, um, I just want to say NXT, for all the years that you have given us great moments and showcased talent that we now see pretty much every week on our TV screens, for what they have done um, through their, what, five, six years as a brand, I think they've really showcased themselves. I was happy to cover it uh, from its inception up until about a couple years ago. And I was just very happy with how the presentation came out uh, and, you know, showcasing new talent that I had never seen before. Guys like Gallus, Ilya Dragunov, Valter, Tyler Bate, Pete Dunne, Grizzle Young Veterans, the Diet. Uh, yeah. But seriously, you know, with Rhea Ripley, with Tony Storm, um, Isla Dawn, Ginny, you know, all these names that I mean, I'm into the UK scene, but I never saw talent. Um, most of the talent until I started watching NXT UK. And it was just a joy to watch. And I was just very thankful. And from the bottom of my heart, as an, as a former NXT UK uh, podcaster and um, a folks a fan of pro wrestling in general, Triple H, and, you know, Triple H, thank you for that. I appreciate what you did for NXT UK and what you have done 
for that brand and we will never forget it. We have it on the archives on Peacock so we can go back and check out all that good stuff, which makes me quite happy. And um, yeah, hell of a run, NXT UK. A hell of a run, a, a vid, a, a clap for y'all. And I cannot wait for NXT Europe in 2023 and see what is going to happen with this brand. When we come back, it's the main event segment. Closing out the weekend is AEW All Out. We're going to discuss all of the particulars, all of the matches that is going down. And it's a long, drawn-out card. So I'll try to make it as brief as possible for that on the other side of episode 349 of the YLP Podcast. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Excuse me, but ladies and gentlemen, y'all know what time it is when y'all hear that wonderful music. It is time for the main event segment of episode 349 of the YLP podcast. And uh, I would be a fool, not be a dum-dum. It's not ensure that I plug, of course, the family of Wrestle Addict Radio. Catch the Brace for Impact podcast every single Tuesday. If you like you some Impact Wrestling, my man Nate the Great. Need the effing great, depending on what day you catch him. Provides you with all of impact. You like impact? It's for you. You like the old school impact? It's also for you. And it's a good one. It's a very good podcast. If you love you some impact, check out Brace for Impact Podcast every single Tuesday. Get your Wednesday going, though, with the Kings of the Rings podcast. Our illustrious, humble, wonderful general manager, King Ricky Rose, Agent K. Murphy, and Voltaire Shook give you all of the professional wrestling news, pop culture, and sometimes they have wonderful guests on that show. 5.30, well, 5.30 for me, pre-show, here in the mountain time zone, but 7.30 pre-show over on YouTube. You can find them at Kings of Rings Podcast over there on YouTube, at K-O-T-R underscore podcast on Twitch, and you can find them on Twitter as well, over on the Kings of the Rings Podcast, Twitter at K-O-T-R underscore podcast. Make sure you check them out every Wednesday live. 8 o'clock main show on there. And they do a post show on YouTube if you want to check that out. It's actually a good time if you stick around for the pre-show and the post show. They tell stories, all that fun stuff. It's a good time. It's a great podcast. Make sure you go check them out and tell Mr. YLB sent you. Thursday, if you do miss the live show, you do catch on uh, YouTube and Twitch. But if you want to listen to the audio version when you're out and about, it drops every single Thursday. Get your weekend popping, though. Friday with the Fretzelmania podcast. If you love the Ruthless Aggression era, this is the podcast you need to be listening to every single damn Friday. Fretzelmania podcast, talking about all of Ruthless Aggression things. One of my favorite eras, besides, of course, the Attitude Era in WWE history, at least for me, uh, as long as I've been alive on this earth. But uh, yeah, it's a solid podcast. Check it out. Tell him Mr. Wildby said hello. Enjoy that show. But that, that is the family of... Wrestle Addict Radio, besides myself, every Saturday here, kicking off your weekend, we'll continue your weekend in proper YLP fashion, but make sure you check out the rest of the family of Wrestle Addict Radio, the cure for the common wrestling podcast, and let us get into All Out for a hot second, and um, I need to, I need to say a couple things about AEW as of late, 
And I was reading through this article from the New York Post from uh, Joseph Stazuski. And um, trust me, I tried to, I practiced that a little bit before the, <laughs> this week's recording. But seriously, I don't know what they're doing as a brand. It seems, you know, as of late, there's just been, you know, the wrong kind of buzz for all elite. And honestly, let's be real with ourselves and each other. The honeymoon period is officially over for AEW. And now it's going to be a bit of a microscope on all elite wrestling going forward, especially what's been going on with CM Punk and all the all, all the, you know, the shit with him and Hangman with Cabana and all that shit to Thunder Rosa's uh, standing in the women's locker room. Um, you know, with, you know, her, you know, rumors of her hiding in a bathroom or, you know, some people saying she's good to work with. Some say she's terrible to work with. Um, you know, the, the big, the meeting they had last week um, that seemed like everything was copacetic, creative, the entire executive portion of the program, Eddie Kingston, having an altercation with Sammy Guevara, you know, which led, which led to Kingston being suspended for a hot second. Um, then came the uh, squash of Punk against Moxley. Um, what was that, like a couple weeks ago or something like that? And that was just a weird flex, but okay. And now we're having the main event rematch between Punk and Moxley. And all of a sudden... AEW has kind of just been like losing their luster a tad bit. I mean, granted, the card itself is not bad. A lot, man, too many goddamn matches in the card. But that's just me. And I'm nitpicking and I'm petty. Deal with it. But this card, I mean, as spectacular as it looks, Moxley Punk is now kind of not as anticipated as many people would think. And. As good as the matches are, AEW as of late has had a little bit of a black cloud hanging over them. AEW's got to get shit together. I mean, Tony Khan saying, you know, after All Out, you know, if All Out doesn't go out, doesn't go, like, pretty much let me put it like this. If All Out, if we end All Out, ending the, you know, the weekend, and, you know, if all out, if all out doesn't deliver, there's gonna be problems. This is basically their WrestleMania. This is their biggest show of the year in September, which is not actually bad. I mean, New Japan has Wrestle Kingdom in January, but that's just far from the whole situation. And NGP got NGPW got nothing on this. So, but let's be honest, AEW. And I've never thought I would actually say this on the podcast. AEW is in a bit of trouble. This is your biggest show of the year. And the one place you normally have your biggest show of the year in Chicago. Expectations are high. Let's not, you know, get this, you know, you know, John, you know, fucked up. It all out the way everything's been maneuvering the past couple of weeks Hell, the past couple of months, if All Out doesn't deliver, and especially if Tony Khan doesn't deliver on his promise that AEW will be 100% after All Out, you put up some expectations there. You have to deliver. The last three have been absolute bangers. Wonderful shows. They haven't missed on All Out. Even with All In, they didn't miss. 
They can't miss on Sunday. They can't miss. They can't afford to miss. Because that's the last thing they'll need is to miss. It's one of those, it's, it's again, it's one of those things where I never thought out loud I'd be thinking that AEW is in a bit of trouble, but they are. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'll always criticize the form even if the shot's perfect. But when I have, I now have concerns about AEW. With everything that's going on with AEW as of late, over the pretty much the entire summer. This whole summer has just been a weird summer for AEW. And they really honestly need to get it together. And again, All Out has to deliver. With everything that's been circulating the entire summer, it's like after Forbidden Door, shit just started going left real fucking quick. We had Forbidden Door and it was just wonderful. We were just giving it its entire praises. It was well-deserved, man. But bruh, this, they can't play with this. AEW All Out has to deliver Sunday night or Hellfire and Brimstone is going to be coming their way. Again, the honeymoon period is officially over. Now is grind time. And hopefully with this card, we get exactly what we need. And that would be a solid way to close out Labor Day weekend Let's get into the predictions for All Out. Here we have a little Jeopardy music this go around. A little thinking music. 14 fucking matches on the card. Technically. Well, 11 technically. Jesus. Why? Why do they do this? Every time they do this with their pay-per-views as of late, they're just adding matches that should literally be on Rampage and Dynamite. Nonetheless, I'm going to go quickly with most of these ones. Uh, in the beginning, Tomohiro Ishii versus Eddie Kingston. I'm gonna go with uh, Kingston to get the victory. Um, Ishii will be a hell. Of, Ishii's a hell of a competitor, but I mean, if Ishii got the win, I wouldn't be mad. But I think Kingston coming back into the fold in AEW gets the victory over Ishii in a very hard-fought matchup. The All Atlantic Championship is on the line with Pac making his, I believe, third or fourth defense of the uh, championship against Kip Sabian. Uh, Kip Sabian coming back to AEW and attacking Pac uh, after their trios tournament matchup. And um, so now Kip Sabian is now next in line to take on the champion that is Pac. And it is not leaving the waste of Pac. Pac retains here. But Kip Sabian puts on the hell of a performance to uh, make it, make his return to AEW. FTW Championship match. Hook versus... Let me put it this way. Hook versus anybody right now. The way they're booking Hook, Hook retains. Against Angelo Parker, Hook retains. There is no other way to see it. Hook is going to be a big deal. I'm telling y'all right now, 2023, Hook is going to be a problem. They're going to make Hook one hell of a problem if they keep booking him right. And that FTW championship should be going nowhere anytime soon. He should break the record that Ricky Starks had for the belt. Break that, and then he can break out. 2023 is going to be a hell of a year for Hook. Hook retains here. Main card, Brian Danielson versus Chris Jericho. This is going to be a hell of a match. This is going to be one fucking hell of a match. And 
honestly, it's been surrounding the uh, one named Daniel Garcia. Uh, Danielson and Garcia had a uh, singles match and then had a two out of three falls match. I didn't catch uh, the two out of three falls match, but I heard it was damn good. Um, and of course, Chris Jericho feeling some type of way about trying to maybe coerce Garcia to join the Blackpool Combat Club. And honestly, I'm giving this one to Danielson. Um, will it come down to Garcia maybe taking out Jericho or Danielson late in the match? Possibly. The possibility is there. I think Danielson, though, wins the matchup. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, Daniel Garcia turns in the JAS and becomes a new member of the BCC. And unfortunately, I'm not talking about the boot camp click. But I'm going with Danielson to take the victory. I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Um, can't wait to see it. One of the most anticipated matches of the night here. We then go into the 4 match for the apparently interim AEW Women's World Championship. Just fucking make it for the championship and have Thunder Rosa come back and challenge for the title because she's pretty much the immediate challenger to the title because she never lost it. With that being said, though, Tony Storm, Britt Baker, DMD, Jamie Hayter, and Hikaru Shida vying for the championship. Now, reports said stated the original plans for Storm versus Rosa at All Out was having Storm become champion that night. And I think let's keep with the plans. Because the only two I think who could come out of this as champion is Storm or Hater. But I don't think they're having Hater be ready for that just yet. I'm going with Tony Storm to become apparently the interim AEW Women's World Champion. I think let's just keep with plans. Let's have this be a banger. But let's make this Storm's coming out party, becoming the interim women's world champion. We head over to the House of Black versus Darby Allen, Sting, and Miro. And this is going to be insane. And this is unfortunately another uh, issue that I have with AEW. Um, it's simply that House of Black has just been done dirty. I don't like it. I think they are were perennial favorites to win the trio championship. I would have loved to see House of Black as trio champions because they fucking deserve it. And, I th- and now Malachi Black is apparently wanting his release from the company. And it- it's wild. It's wild in AEW right now, y'all. And I don't know the situation. Like I, I haven't really watched AEW as of late. And my apologies for that, for not keeping up on it as much. You know, I have other things to do. Okay. And it be like that sometimes. So I don't know the much of the situation between Darby, Sting, and Miro. But I'm going with House of Black to get a victory. They need a victory. They need something. And hopefully somewhere down the line, they gun for the trio championships because they are one of the best trios in the game, period, with AEW. House of Black wins. I'm going with them to take the dub because they honestly, truly need it. Jade Cargill versus Athena. For the AEW TBS Championship. Now, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, it was supposed to be Cargill versus uh, Statlander. Chris Statlander. And I think Statlander was supposed to be the one to defeat Cargill and take her out for the championship. Let's keep doing that. I'm going with Athena to become the new AEW TBS Champion. I think it's time. And there's no bigger stage than All Out for Athena to finally event... Pretty much vanquish the undefeated Jade Cargill and finally take her place as a perennial member of the top class in AEW. I think, honestly, it's time. You know, Cargill has very much grown 
over the past year or so since she's been in AEW. And I think now having her drop the championship on Sunday is no better time to do so. I think it's proper. I think it's the right thing to do. Athena, unfortunately, Chris's loss is going to be Athena's gain. But I'm going with Athena to become the new TBS champion at All Out. This match, next matchup is an intriguing matchup with Jungle Boy taking on Christian Cage. This has been a hell, hell of a feud. And I've seen the promos. I saw the last one on Wednesday, um, from, from Wednesday, I should say, with Jungle Boy. And Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, is coming to his own, people. He, there's, there's no, you know, there's a reason why he is one of the four pillars of AEW. And he is showing it. Which is what? Darby, MJF, Sammy Guevara, and Jungle Boy. The four pillars of the company. And I think now, finally, Jungle Boy's time to show his ass as a pillar of the company is is now. His time is now. But seriously, I'm going with Jungle Boy to be Christian Cage. It just makes sense after everything Christian has said about his daddy, his mama, his family, all that shit. Tried to make Luchasaurus heal. Which, honestly, if they ever bring a heel Luchasaurus back, the hell of a presentation they showed on there. Not gonna fucking lie. But, um, Jungle Boy getting the victory here is a coming out party for Jungle Boy to finally prove and show once and for all why he was chosen, at least by the people, as a pillar of AEW. We then head into a six-man tag team matchup. With Wardlow and FTR taking on Jay Lethal and the Motor City Machine Guns. From what I saw on Twitter, everybody was popping for the for MCMG. And I, once I heard about it, I was just like, well, goddamn. Um, mm, mm, had a, uh, what the whistle there? Wardlow and FTR are going to get this one. FTR is too hot. Wardlow is... Uh, a hot hand is a TNT champion and uh vanquishing Jay Lethal in the motor scene machine guns is not a bad thing. Cause I think with uh Saban and Shelly, this might be just be a little bit of a one-off possibly signing to ROH would be an ideal situation right there. That'd be fucking great. Um, but having MCMG join Jay Lethal for this matchup is dope, uh, for the uh, X division nostalgia fan in me. So, uh, it's going to be, that's gonna be fun to watch, but Wardlow and FTR, are just too big of a hot hand to lose this matchup. They don't need to lose this matchup. Wardlow and FTR should handle business. It should be a solid six-man tag. But um, when all is said and done, you don't discount Wardlow and FTR. This is just too good of a trio. And plus, you're not gonna have you're not gonna mess up the momentum of Wardlow and FTR as champions in AEW. Well, not FTR, but you get the point. The casino ladder match is a hot topic for me because of the simple fact that a lot of people are speculating that this is the way MJF returns to AEW. And of course, the winner receiving a future AEW World Championship match, usually following, usually somewhere uh, at uh, Dynamite Grand Slam, will probably be the case in a couple weeks' time. But the way I see it, this would be the perfect time for MJF to return. Don't get me wrong. Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler, Yuta, Penta El Cero Miedo, Ray Phoenix, Roosh, Andrade El Idolo, Dante Martin. This is going to be just them seven alone is a banger. If you were just going with the seven, 
honestly, the person I, I would choose is Andrade El Idolo. And that, and that would, and honestly, you know, Andrade versus either Moxley or Punk would be a wonderful match for the AEW World's Championship. This would be fun. That that'd be that, if we were just going off that seven. I'd be going with Andrade right now to take that. But with that Joker there, it opens the door for MJF to return. And honestly, AEW needs MJF more than MJF needs AEW. I said it. Because it needs to be set. <laughs> like, AEW and MJF is literally peanut butter and jelly. It goes together wonderfully. And honestly, MJF and AEW is fantastic. Because we have, I've been clamoring since last year's All Out for MJF to become world champion. For those of you who have been following me for a hot second. I said it last year. I believe, I believe it was either last year. I believe it was last year, if I'm not mistaken. Uh... With MJF beating Moxley for the world title. But the way they presented MJF, it was prime time for MJF to become champion. Now, it wasn't his night, unfortunately. But I think Sunday night is the proper night and a proper return for MJF to come back, win the casino ladder match, and win the title at Dynamite Grand Slam. The door is open, Tony Khan. I advise you let MJF in and win that casino ladder match. Um, because trust me, you want ratings and you want money coming in. People will pay very good money to want to see MGF get his ass kicked. Okay. Let's get one thing straight, but yeah, I'm going with MGF to win the casino ladder match and, uh, get that shot at dynamite grand slam. The AEW world tag team championships are on the line. Swerve in our glory versus the acclaimed. And I don't think the acclaimed are ready for those belts yet. And it's still early in Swerve in our glories uh, reign to have that take place. Now, if the acclaimed won the tag titles on Sunday night, I wouldn't be as shocked as you think I would. Okay, fuck it. I'd be shocked as hell. This would be wonderful to see. This would be just a wonderful moment for the acclaimed. But I think right now, Swerve in our glory has the hot hand. They're early in their reign. And a match with the acclaimed, I think, is going to be a coming out party for the acclaimed. And I, I cannot wait to, and of course, y'all know I can't wait to hear what Mr. Max Casta, Platinum Max Casta, has to say in his freestyle before the title match. It's going to be crazy. Chicago goes going to have a buck wild, but Swerve in Our Glory, I believe, will retain. Ricky House going against Powerhouse Hobbs, as we know. Hobbs turning on Ricky Starks and essentially breaking up Team Taz as a whole. And. Ricky Starks. I'm going to stop that right there. I think Ricky Starks honestly should be considered as a pillar of AEW. Let's be real. I think he should be the fifth pillar. I think Ricky Starks should always be seen, should have been seen as a pillar in this company. With what he did with the FTW championship, with what he did in his time, what he has done with Team Taz, he has grown so much and he's still young in his career. Ricky Star, absolute Ricky Starks is a gold mine if AEW decides to pursue it. They have gold on their hands with Ricky. And as a babyface, I didn't think he could ever be a babyface because he's just so good as a heel. But he is now a babyface. He had that promo he cut weeks ago uh, around the time when uh, Hobbs uh, turned on Starks. And um, man, this is a good matchup. 
And I think Starks is coming out with the W. I think he deserves it. In a moment like what it's going to be like at All Out, Ricky Starks deserves to get this W. They will be behind, the crowd, Chuckle Crowd will be behind Ricky Starks because they want to see the Giant get beaten down. They want to see Hobbs get his comeuppance for what he did to Starks. And it's just a wonderful played out story. And the only ending we need is simply Ricky Starks defeating Powerhouse Hobbs. I think this is my dark horse for match of the night. Right here. Of all the matches, this is my this is my choice for Dark Horse. I think this is going to be a, an incredible matchup. I think Starks' is coming out party comes goes down on Sunday night. And I think going into the future, I think we see Starks start to get his rise. TNT Championship, I think, is where he's going to be getting his head at. I think he can... I, could he pull it off against Wardlow? Maybe. But I think you begin his ascent towards... Now, the TNT Championship and all that good stuff. It's Ricky Starks time. Ricky Starks beats Powerhouse Hobbs. The Elite versus, well, the way it says on here. Uh, it is to be determined, though, because I'm recording it on Friday, um, the same day as Dynamite. But um, do, do, it is going to be uh, the Elite, Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks. Uh, in the final against either the Dark Order or the Best Friends. Now, I'm going to go with the Best Friends, hopefully, um, to beat Dark Order. And that's my that would be my final with the way we're seeing it at this point. And the way it's setting up, honestly, if Best Friends does get to the final. Let's say Best Friends gets, does get to the final. You know what I'm saying? Oh, what I want to what I want to be the dark order final though. Either way, either way, let's put it like this: the elite I don't think will win, and I'm gonna change my finals pick to the dark order. And I think the dark order, if it is dark, if it is dark order or best friends, either way, I don't think the elite are gonna win this. I think if it's dark order, dark order easily wins. And we gotta we kind of get a little bit of a uh, come up and from Paige on Omega. If the best friends win, I, I just don't I just don't see the elite becoming the trios champions. As much as I would love to see Kenny Omega as champion again, I think honestly, the better way to do it would simply be either Dark Order or Best Friends to win it and become the trios champions. I think it might be. I, I'm leaning towards. Uh, see, I want. I want to see best friends winning because that would just be cool uh, for for them to have it. And plus, Orange Cassidy as champion would just be great. Either way, I'm putting it like this: the Elite is not winning the tag team championships because of the fact that Wikipedia couldn't give me a team. And plus, we still have Rampage, and it'd be like that sometimes. Anywho, either way, I'm gonna put. I'll put it like this: whoever comes out of Rampage as the finalist against the Elite. They will win the trios championship. I'll put it that way. I just if it's a dark order, it's a definite. If it's best friends, I say it's even more of a definite. Because everybody would think the elite is a lock now that you know Kenny Omega's back. But I think we should put a swerve on it, and whoever comes out of the uh, semifinal wins the trios tag trios championship. Whether it be Dark Order or Best Friends. Doesn't matter who. Whoever comes out of that match wins the trio championships. I'll lean Dark Order more. 
I think that would just make the most sense, especially now with Adam Page in, you know, as part of the squad. It would just make all the sense in the world. And have it full circle from everything that Omega and Page went through, and now Page is going through with the Dark Order. It comes full circle as they win the trio championships, if it is Dark Order or regardless. Elite's not winning. Um the, the trio championships. Don't expect it. It should it would be considered a safe bet for most. But the way I see it, I think let's throw a swerve and have either Dark Order or Best Friends take the championship. Main event time. And I'm just going to end it on this. With Moxley and Punk. This is nowhere near an anticipated main event. This is not even a a match I honestly want to see after seeing Squash. The only way we incorporate, the only way this makes sense is if we get MJF involved. Moxley, I'm I'm going with to retain. I mean, as much as I would want to see Punk MJF, at this point, it's just just a lost cause. If If the foot injury is still lingering, then yeah, Moxley retains. But at this point in the game, with everything that's going on as of late with AEW, excuse me, MJF needs to return Sunday night. MJF needs to return very quickly. MJF just needs to come back because without MJF and AEW fan, it might it's going to be a little bit lost. It feels a little bit lost, and he's one of your top guys. Bring him back. Have him gun for the championship. Have him win it at Dynamite Grand Slam in New York. May I add? And let's get the ship hopping. Deliver, please, Mister Khan. Deliver. That, ladies and gentlemen, is going to conclude episode 349 of the YLP podcast. When we come back, we're going to close up the show in proper YLP fashion and get you ready for episode 350 of the YLP podcast. Be right back. That's going to be it for episode 349 of the YLP Podcast. Once again, I want to say thank you so, so much for taking time out of your day, your night, your afternoon, and your evening, wherever you may be, wherever you are in the world. Thank you guys so much for checking out this episode of the podcast. As always, I greatly and truly appreciate it. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, or opinions about today's episode or any of the other 300. 48 episodes of the YLP podcast. Do not hesitate to hit your boy up with an email over at perspective at gmail.com. Yes, I know <laughs> You can also hit me up with a voice message over at anchor.fm slash young lions perspective. Anchor.fm slash WrestleLetic Radio over on ambiguous podcast Anywhere else you listen to podcasts. If you want to stay up to date with everything that's going on with the YLP podcast, <laughs> do not hesitate to tell a friend to tell a friend about the YLP podcast. Share this episode across all of your social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. Because, you know, with the, oh, hello, Mr. Trondor. Hello. Oh, 
Okay. Alright, so we're gonna be doing it a little bit differently towards the end. We are dog sitting Mr. Troggy. I know you're gonna be mad at me for doing not my usual ending of the podcast, but we are dog sitting Mr. Trogdor, who is my stepchild uh, with Miss YLP. And he is the most adorable thing you ever did see. Uh, he's got himself a nice little gray sweater on. He is chilling comfortably on my arm, making his YLP debut. Mr. Trogdor, do you have anything to say to the peoples? Hi, guys. My name's Trogdor, and I am the stepchild of Mr. YLP. Now, um, I'm not going to be here for a while. I'll be here next week, too, actually, for episode 350 of the YLP podcast, the semi-centennial special, and I'm quite happy to be here for a little while with you guys, uh, to be here with my brother and my mom and, and Guy. I call him Guy. You call him Mr. YLP. I call him Guy, and he's okay with it. I'm pretty much okay with it. So, guys, have a great Labor Day weekend. Enjoy yourselves. Go out responsibly. Take the Uber or Lyft home. Okay, because you don't want any five-figure de- nonsense to deal with this stuff. Okay, and I don't mean to interrupt, but this is my debut, and I'm very, very excited. So, uh, if you like to finish up, guy, I'll you can take it from here. <laughs> Thank you very much, Troggy, for doing uh, the uh, pretty much outro of today's episode. But yeah, guys, seriously, it's Labor Day weekend. As a Jersey boy, I know it's the last hurrah of the summer, so enjoy yourselves. Uh, do it responsibly. Don't go too crazy. Don't be drinking too much. I, if you're going to AC, don't gamble too much. It's, it's a big deal in AC. But seriously, guys, thank you guys so much for checking out the Labor Day Weekend Extravaganza episode of the YLP Podcast. Enjoy your weekend. Have a very productive kick-ass week. All that good stuff in between. And I'll see you guys right back here next Saturday when we review all three shows from this weekend right here on episode 350 of the YLP Podcast. See you! Get well soon, Jorah Doring. We know you're going through a lot, and we know your cancer has popped back up. We wish the very best for you. Get well soon, brother. This has been... A Wrestle Attic Radio branded podcast.